0: Welcome to our ICT4D conference podcast. My name is Sonia Rutzel at CRS, and I'm interviewing experts for you to share insights on how they're using digital technologies to address the food crisis. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Anthony Whitbread. He's with the International Livestock Research Institute, short ILRI, as a principal scientist. Joining us from Dar es Salaam in Tanzania, Anthony, welcome to our podcast.
1: Yeah, Thanks, Sonia. It's great to be here.
0: So, Anthony, we have already worked together for a while. I know you from your previous role at ICRISAD. So maybe you'd like to tell us a little bit more about your current role and then uh, we can move on to talk more about livestock farming.
1: Yeah, I joined ULRI, International Livestock Research Institute, and took on a position as a principal scientist around topics like sustainable intensification and digital agriculture. And just recently, I've taken over interim leadership of a program, one of the four programs within ULRI called Sustainable Livestock Systems, which works right across Africa and South Asia and Southeast Asia on issues related to the livestock system. so livestock farming systems, Issues around adaptation to climate change, mitigation, because livestock are a big emitters of greenhouse gases and a lot around the the issues of socioeconomics, gender and social inclusion in, in livestock systems.
0: So to get us started, could you explain us a little bit more? What is the role of livestock farming in food security?
1: Well, I think it's it's well known that livestock is kind of central to food security, particularly in the developing world. There's a huge opportunities for livestock in farming systems to support more equitable, more resilient, more nutritious and often more sustainable agricultural systems and food security. So I think it's maybe a bit of an understudied topic or an underknown topic around what role livestock does play in, in supporting food security. But two thirds of the global population live in kind of crop livestock or livestock systems. And these generate more than 50% of the world's cereals and staples consumed by poor people, but also the bulk of livestock products. So smallholder farmers are producing around 75% of the milk and 60% of the meat and employ many millions of people on farms that are connected to farming industries and livestock value chains. They're a hugely important part of development, often livestock pro-poor and pro-gender. So bringing livestock into farming systems often benefits minority groups or young people or helps with our issues of equality of women in farms and in the rural communities. Because often women or youth are connected to the livestock value chain. They may be on their small farms responsible for raising small ruminants or chickens, producing eggs and milk and meat for the family and selling those products in markets so that they have some cash available. So it's a hugely uh, important part of the farming system and and a really important way of developing agriculture, particularly in Africa and South Asia.
0: Thank you. What do you see as the main challenges that livestock farming is facing at the moment?
1: Well, there's a perception issue for a start in the developed world. So developed countries, particularly I think Europe and and the US, often livestock is seen as as a problem. In the developed world, often we're eating too much meat. And in the developing world, people are not eating meat or they're eating very small amounts of meat or livestock or animal source foods. So I think that livestock are a culprit for often land degradation, overgrazing. And now they're responsible for something like 15 percent of greenhouse gas emissions. So livestock also, ruminants also produce methane and carbon equivalents that go into the atmosphere. So they're also responsible for some of the issues we're facing with climate change. So we have to kind of overcome some of this perception and show that the way we approach livestock and sustainability will differ between whether it's the developed world or the developing world. Within the developing world, so when I'm talking about Africa and Asia or Southeast Asia, there's lots of challenges to, to livestock systems. The uh, research, development and extension systems are often poorly funded. So there's a lack of public support for doing research or doing extension or helping with animal health initiatives. And as a result, there's often very poor or limited private sector involvement in supporting you know, livestock health or vaccination or feed or inputs and so forth. So that's one of the challenges in the developing world. There's also a really limited data availability. So often in these remote pastoral areas where livestock are central to food security and income, we don't know very much about markets where animals are being sold, the number of animals, what the feed and water supply situation is, what the animal population is. And so when we are hit with these large droughts like we're facing in the Horn of Africa, where we're estimating something like eight or nine million uh, livestock have died in the last 12 months due to drought, it's um, often very late in the that we can respond to these sorts of food security emergencies. So data and data availability is a major limitation to taking things forward. There's also a limited support to pastoralists because pastoralists, you know, in rangeland areas, which are often remote from cities, they're not receiving support from the state or the private sector either. So they don't get access to information about climate, about weather, about pasture biomass, about information around animal health. So then we start to see these spillovers of diseases, East Coast fever, transboundary diseases like foot and mouth disease, African swine fever, and many other diseases. These, These start to affect human health as well. So these are really important systems to be putting our investments into, not just for the sustainability of those systems, but also for our
0: own health as well. Now, you already mentioned the lack and the importance of data to help with livestock farming and to assess the climate risk or reduce the impact. Where do you see specific opportunities for ICT and big data? Do you have maybe some specific examples you can share with us? Yeah,
1: there's lots of opportunities for bringing data from these systems, using analysis of these data and getting information back to farmers and pastoralists. And that's where I think digital revolution is helping us overcome some of these intractable issues that have always been there. So there's a couple of examples I'll give you. Perhaps the first one is around insurance. So around 50% of livestock losses, say in Kenya, are attributed to drought. So about 10 years ago, there was a number of products designed around insurance, and they're called index-based livestock insurance, or Ibli, and it's often based on very much data. Using insurance can help increase incomes and milk production, can help with the household nutrition, and stop uh, pastoral selling animals in distress. So that means that they can maintain much better income, and it also helps with um, a lot of animal health aspects as well. So it kind of reduces the inherent risk of keeping livestock in, in these systems that are subject to regular and persistent droughts. And data's kind of a key to this. The livestock um, insurance payouts linked to an index, and that index is developed by understanding pasture biomass and weather information. And eventually it gets through to to a payout, which one of the companies that are connected to the insurance programs would then um, trigger payouts depending on those uh, different indexes that are calculated through data. So that's one example that's been going on for many years, insurance. Uh, A second example, I mentioned the pastoralists. We have very little information about pastoralists. And there's been a program called CASNET, which is a mobile phone app, which was designed by Ilari to be used by pastoralists themselves in collaboration with the Kenyan Livestock Marketing Council. So its objective is to support data collection in these remote and often conflict-prone pastoralist contexts, and we try and monitor then the performance of markets, of rangelands, of household nutrition status. And the the objective is to try and bring this information uh, to help inform anticipatory and early action to address drought impacts and longer-term build the resilience of of pastoralists. And this has applications in many parts of, of Africa, for instance. A third example I started working on this in ICROSAT actually. It's an example of where we bring climate information together with extension information. And this information is then analysed and decisions are then communicated to farmers and crop livestock keepers about decisions that they should be making in response to weather So again, this is a big data application. It's all about connecting different data sources. So we have an Ag Data Hub. That's part of our our project funded by the World Bank called ICRA, which is the Accelerating the Impacts of CGIR climate research in Africa. And this project works across six countries in Africa. And my team in Ilaria are responsible for working on the the ICT and big data work through an Ag Data Hub in, in Zambia, Kenya, and Senegal. And these ag data hubs are about bringing weather information together mostly forecasts and then combining that with analysis and we developed this process or a tool called isat which takes this information and we work with farmers to bring expert information about decision making together with that weather information and eventually that information then is automatically or processed through um, messages that get to farmers in local language or or through SMS or through different apps. So these are having quite big impacts on uh, the availability of information to farmers that previously didn't have access to this sort of resolution and context-specific information. So the forecasts that are coming from the National Met bureaus are often communicated through the television or through radio. But often the users don't understand how to use those or how to apply those forecasts and that weather information. So our approach with ISAT has, has kind of tried to overcome that problem and bring together this expert information together with the weather information so that decisions can be made that are important for risk management. So those are three short examples of how we've combined big data analysis and, and then communication of information through, through digital means.
0: Thank you so much, Anthony. I'm so glad to hear that Well, when we're talking big data, that essentially it really is about empowering the individual farmers with information. And I like that you mentioned earlier as well that this really often means female farmers and it really also helps address the digital divide. So thank you so much for sharing these insights. If you have any final comments <laughs> or anything we might have missed.
1: I could say something about the private sector. Oh,
0: yeah, if you like.
1: The connection between public institutions like national met agencies or departments of agriculture and livestock and the private sector is very important in this space because the private sector is often responsible or able to bring this innovation in big data, in ICT and digital agriculture. So that, that's an area I think we need to work much more closely is, is provide the private sector with a connection to agriculture, help them find funding and domain knowledge to attract them to work into this space, And I think that's where we make a lot of progress in digital agriculture. And so, um, yeah, that's that's a lot of the objectives of the ICRA project. I also mentioned where we're creating these incubators. In the case of Senegal, it was a gender smart incubator. We actually targeted female led small and medium sized enterprises. And we're building knowledge in those enterprises around climate, smart agriculture, and then helping them connect to equity and to investment so that they can then develop these ict based solutions for taking information to to the agricultural industries. so that that's another kind of future looking area that that I think is important for us to discuss.
0: Thank you very much, Anthony, for sharing the examples and um being our expert on uh, livestock farming, which is often a topic that is seems to be less addressed in you know. when we talk about sustainable agriculture or ICT4AG. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Yeah. And thank you for listening to our ICT4D conference podcast. I hope you join us again next week.